hello and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, it is great to see you. Why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Father, we're so delighted to be with you among other believers in the room, Lord, and I do ask if there's someone in this room who, first of all, they they may not know you, that maybe this evening is the time they cross the line of faith and they surrender it all to Jesus. The confession of lordship through baptism and beginning a journey with him. Lord, we don't assume that everybody in this room knows you and follows you. And Father, that's, we don't want to assume that. And so, we want to take a moment and invite people to come into faith with Jesus Christ. Follow him in baptism. Lord, those of us who are confessed followers, and it's a journey. It's a walk. Uh, Strengthen our faith. Strengthen our courage and our hope. Strengthen our resolve, intentionality to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. As we look and we draw the strength from the Spirit to live the life that you have invited us to live in Christ. Lord, we pray for the next few moments that your word, as it comes alive in us, that we do just not uh, engage it, but it, it, it engages us. So let us take seriously the scriptures. Let us honor the scriptures. I think of so many millions of believers that do not have the opportunity to have the written word in hand. And Lord, may we not take it for granted. May we embrace it and honor you with it. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. As Gregory said, we're beginning a new conversation over the next few weeks up until Christmas Eve around this idea of good news of great joy. And that's out of Luke chapter 2. And we love the idea of, of good news. It's the Greek word, the euangelion, the gospel. And Jesus is that good news. So we invite you to join us over the next coming three or four weeks as we begin this journey. Uh, This weekend, I'm just talking about an inconvenience. And uh, an inconvenience can be defined as trouble or difficulty caused to one's personal requirements or comforts. Can you think of a, a time recently in your life where you were inconvenienced by something or someone? Something or someone, and you may not have to rewind that very far. It could have been today, could have been this afternoon, could have been 15 minutes ago. Could have been a while ago. I know Sharon and I, we, we have a couple grand dogs. We do not have dogs of our own. We have grand dogs. And uh, we kind of inherited those grand dogs. When the kids left, the dogs stayed. <clears throat> and they've been with us the whole time, so now we're raising uh, these dogs. And, and uh, recently, we had one of our little dogs who got very, very sick. We didn't know what was going on with her, and so... We took her to, to uh, the vet, and we had her looked at multiple times. And if you have a pet or an animal or a dog, you know there's, you need to be responsible in that, you know. And so we took her a couple times. And the issue was Sharon and I were scheduled to actually leave the country, and here we have a dog that is very, very, very sick. And so we didn't know what to do. And, and so over, over the course of time, we're just, <laughs> we laid hands on her, and we left the country. And, uh, and so uh, we, we gave her medicine, and, and one of the gentlemen here at church, Zach, he, he always house sits and dog sits for us. He took care of her, and we got back, and she was still moping around. But all we could think about is here we are, we're leaving the country for 10 days, 
and now we got this thing happening. Have you ever come to a place in your life where you say either to yourself or to someone else, I, I don't have time for this. This is not a good time for what's going on. Have you ever had that moment? You've probably had one recently when something happens and, and you think or the thought is, I, I, I just don't have time for this. And so we see in life it's filled with inconveniences, some of them big, some of them small. But, but as I re-examine the Christmas story, I saw something pretty fascinating that kind of jumped out at me, and that was uh, this element of the inconvenience that we see in the story. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7 is, is our focal passage this weekend. And, and I want to give you a little bit of history and background, and then we're going to take one application away. Uh, but this, this idea of an inconvenience kind of just jumped off at the page with me. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, the Scripture says that at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus, he decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Now, if you're reading out of the King James Version, it says something like this, that at that time in those days that Augustus was now going to begin taxation of the people. So what we know is that in 29 B.C., the Roman Senate declared Octavius. Octavius was the grandnephew and the adopted son of Julius Caesar. So in 29 B.C., the Roman, Sen the Roman Senate uh, declared that Octavius would be Rome's first emperor. Two years later, the Senate honored him with the title of Augustus. Now, Augustus means magnified one, and it can even mean Lord. By the New Testament times, you will see that Rome's Caesar claimed worship as Lord. In Luke's account, the key to seeing his political meaning in this Roman imperial theology, which includes the divine conception of Caesar Augustus. So don't miss this in verse 1. There's this element of imperial theology built within uh, the Augustus, the Augustuses uh, who ruled Rome. And so it's in this context, in those days, there was a ruler who declared himself as Lord. That's why Paul often says, declare Jesus as Lord. So notice down in verse 2, this thing continues, and the Scripture says that uh, this was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now, there's something about this census that you need to know. Up until this point, it is believed that, that the Jewish people were not taxed because they were uh, not eligible to serve in the Roman army, but, but the table is turned, something new happens, and so now we see there is a census that's going out throughout the entire Roman Empire. Now, it is believed that Mary and Joseph, uh, and scholars, most scholars believe this, that they are they're growing up and that Jesus is being born into a very oppressive society. There was healthy taxes by local and distant rulers who some scholars believe that the taxation of the people was between 50 and 60% of what they made or what they owned. 50 to 60%. Now, this tax, it is believed that this new census that's coming out under Augustus, this tax, it is believed, was specifically for political and military purposes. So, so this is the environment. This is the impressive, impressive environment where, where Jesus is born into. And so Douglas Oakman says this. He says, Jesus was born into essentially a third world context under a military di dictatorship. 
It was a society where everyone was coerced. Think about that, that our Savior, Jesus, is born into a context where scholars believe not only heavy taxation, but the entire culture of society was not only a dictatorship, but a strict coercion of life. The reading goes on. Look at what happens here in verse 3. Scripture says that all returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census. Look in verse 4. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, by the way, you should go back and watch last week's message on our YouTube channel by Pastor Ron. It will give you incredible insight into what I just read. Okay, so there's this lineage. And so Joseph, he was a descendant of King David. He goes back to Bethlehem in Judea to the village of Nazareth from Galilee. So he takes Mary with him to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Uh, Let me talk about the journey. So the journey is about a 70-mile journey from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, 70 miles. Now, I want you to get that in, in your mind. I want you to begin to understand just the context of what's happening here in the Scripture. This is a 70-mile journey. Joseph and Mary are in Nazareth, and because of the census, they are going to make their way down to Bethlehem, some 70 miles, a difficult journey. In fact, some scholars believe that it was actually during rainy season that they made this journey. So I want you to give some thought to the, the, this journey. And so, ladies, I want you to think about if, if you've been pregnant and, and you gave birth to a child, I want you to think just for a moment about traveling from here to Cottonwood on a donkey on the verge of giving birth. Now, I want that to register because we read the Scripture like, oh, well, yeah, they, they took a little road trip and, and they went from, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It, it, it's only 70 miles. It's only 70 miles on a donkey. On a donkey. Think about the difficulty of the journey. She is late into the pregnancy. And so this brings up a whole other uh, issue. And so what we do know is that in Matthew's account, Matthew says that Joseph was a righteous man. Matthew also records that Joseph was visited by an angel who was actually laying out the game plan of the birth of Jesus Christ. This is important because I think Joseph knew something. I think he knew something. You think about, what did Joseph know? I think he knew that the scriptures and the prophetic promise that had been promised and the visit of the angels, that what is going on is not about Caesar's decree. It's about the Father's decree destiny for his people. Joseph, I think, knew something here that that it helps him understand and helps him understand this journey. And this journey, this 70-mile journey, I am convinced, is where we begin to see the inconveniences of the birth of Jesus Christ. Oh, there are many inconveniences in the story, but I think it's the journey, the beginning of the journey that we see that, the inconvenience of the story. Now, verse 5, Luke tells us who was a physician, by the way. He's very detailed in his writing. Look at what he says in verse 5. Let me read it again. He he says there that, that he took Mary with him, to whom he was engaged, your translation may say betrothed, who was now expecting a child. So, so a Jewish betrothal would be equivalent to a modern-day marriage. So in other words, Joseph and Mary 
according to Jewish tradition, were legally married at this point as husband and wife. But Matthew tells us in Matthew 125 that the marriage was not consummated until after the birth of Jesus Christ. Very important detail in the story. So they're betrothed, and then notice what Luke goes on in verse 6 and 7, and he says this, and, and while they were there, while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Folks, this is not happenstance. This is not accident. We, we, we don't arrive and read those verses and think, well, how did all of that came about? It comes about based upon God's providential, sovereign work in bringing about a Savior for His people. This is not happenstance. It is a prophetic promise. And what I want you to see is that God often works within the natural to bring about the supernatural. If all that Joseph thinks is that Caesar, he has a decree over the entire Roman Empire, if there's nothing more than a decree... That's a little discouraging. But I think Joseph knows there's more than a decree at work here. There's actually the divine providential hand of God at work. And 700 years before that, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, notice what the prophet said. It says, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you're only a small village. By the word Ephrathah means fruitful. You're only a small village among the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in distant past will come from you on my behalf. We've got to learn to trust his timing. We've got to learn to trust the Lord's timing. Because I think there is probably a moment in the story here where, where, where things are going on, and, and I think Joseph probably has to say to himself, this is horrible timing. It's bad timing. And, and by the way, in my own spiritual journey, one of the things that I think I've learned uh, in, in the latter years of my spiritual journey is that God's timing is impeccable. It is so important in our spiritual development, His timing. And I think in the story we see that we must trust His timing. What was actually looks like an inconvenience in the story was actually the, the ordained will of God. The story ends in verse 7. It says, well, they ended up in a manger, which is nothing more than a trough for feeding animals. No Airbnb. There's no Princess Scottsdale. Not that I've ever been there. I've heard about it. They're in a manger. They're, they're in a, a feeding trough. It's dark. It's dirty. It's dingy. I have one takeaway for you from the story. There are many takeaways and, and, and you can draw your own conclusions as the Spirit speaks to you. But, but I just want to talk about one takeaway this evening, just for a moment. And it's this idea that an inconvenience may be an invitation. Uh, just want you to think about that. An, an inconvenience may be an invitation. What do I mean by that? I mean this, that... <clears throat> In God's economy, what seems like an inconvenience is often an invitation into His divine intention. It's often an invitation. I want you to think about the story. 
Joseph gets word while in Nazareth, there's a decree. Caesar's taxing the entire empire. We're all going to pay a tax. We're all now going to be supporting the political purposes and the military purposes of the Roman Empire. Joseph gets the word. Guys, now think about this. And now he has to share that with Mary. He's got to tell Mary, honey, we we got to take a little trip. We, we, we're gonna, we got to head south. So, guys, think about sharing that with your pregnant, betrothed, and eventually to be wife. Think about Mary. She hears the news. Oh, where are we going? We're going south. Huh? Where? Bethlehem. Huh? We're, we're going to Bethlehem. Bethlehem? That? Yeah, we're going to Bethlehem. You mean that 70-mile journey south and difficult terrain? It's rainy season. I'm pregnant. Yeah, notice. We're heading south. It's one of those moments, I think, in the story where Joseph has to think to himself, I don't have time for this. Not right now. Uh, Augustus, you're killing me. But I think Joseph knew that God was at work. And, and I think Mary knew. She, she knew something amazing was going on. She, there's this conception by the Holy Spirit. And so I, I think there's more to the story than we realize. We're going to take a little trip. Imagine the stress, the travel, the difficulty. I'm not sure how far a woman can travel likely on a donkey in a day. Never gave it a shot. Might be worth a try, honey. I don't know if you're up to it or not. Maybe we, I, I don't know how far you can travel. But you would realize we're, we're talking about day's journey. Think about this, ladies. Day's journey. I can hear Mary saying, now, are we taking the Tesla or the Tahoe? Joseph's like, no, we're on the donkey, honey. We're taking the donkey. Think about the inconvenience, seeming horrible timing of the birth of Jesus Christ. How often do we miss his invitation because we're focused on the convenient things in life? How often do we miss God's miraculous because the inconvenience, because the inconvenience was more than we could stand? When Sharon and I recently traveled, um, we're looking to expand our work uh, in Nepal, and so we had asked Pastor Ashok, we want to go to some new areas. We want to see new land. We, we want to explore some other options. He said, okay, I'll take care of you. So we had a couple places for us to visit. One is about a two-and-a-half-hour drive outside of Kathmandu, 60 kilometers which is about how many miles? Does anybody know? 60 kilometers is how many miles? <clears throat> Say it again. 120? Okay. So we're out two and a half hours, 60 kilometers. I'm all excited about going. I love to explore. I love to get out. I was so excited to go. Never been there. <clears throat> I like new places, don't you? You like new places and new things and new people. And I was so excited. And we took this drive and and, and we came, we got off the main road, and then we started on this other road. I, I wasn't all that excited. 
because I'm going to a spot where eventually we want to invite people to go with us to serve children. I'm, I'm excited, and we got off that main road, and it got a little rough, and I'm like, eh. You know, you, you go there, and you lose the, the excitement, but I'm still excited. I'm like, hey, this is really exciting. It wasn't exciting as it was on the nice road, but I'm still excited. Then we took another turn, and, and, and this road was worse than the last road, which that road was worse than the main road. So now the excitement is, is weaning. I'm not saying anything to anybody in the car. I'm just talking to God. And, and then we got off of that road, and we got on another road. And, and now we're, we're going up. And Shan will attest, it was a, it was a, a, a difficult, steep, rocky road. It's not ice cream. It was a road. And by this time, I'm pretty upset with me and everybody in the car. I don't let them know that. That's just my thing. You've been there, right? You've gone somewhere. You've traveled with somebody. You're not happy about it, but you're just going to keep it to yourself. I was keeping it to myself, and I was talking to God. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is absurd. Nobody I know. I wouldn't bring anybody I know here. Now, my wife's with me. But outside of that, I don't think I'd bring anybody up here because once we get up here, I'm not sure what we're going to do. So we parked the car, and now we get to walk. It's just getting better. God's just working on me more. And now we get to walk maybe a mile. It wasn't a long walk. It was a fun walk, and we're eating fruit. And, hang, it, it, and boy, I, I'm so upset. I'm so upset. I'm like, I, I can't believe Pastor Ashok brought me here. This is not what I had in mind. So we sit down in a, in a tiny village. And we're sitting there. Just a few of us are there. You see Pastor Ashok to my left. If, you, if, I, if I was to zoom in on this picture and you were to see my face, you were like, dude, you need to change your attitude. I'm like, I'm, I agree with you. At the very end, at, at the very top of the picture, there's a gentleman in a light-colored shirt. Out of nowhere, he starts reading the Scriptures. He has it on his phone in Nepalese. He, he, he begins reading the Bible. And I thought, all right. So he's reading the Bible, and there's, there's literally maybe two or three of us there outside of everybody on the team. And, and, and then he begins singing. He, they, they, then, then he begins singing. As he begins singing, others from the area and other houses around this house, which is the pastor's house, begin to make their way to where we are. Now, everyone is singing except me. <laughs> I'm not singing. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing organic, I would, I, I was almost, it was almost like a Jesus-type worship gathering. People are just showing up. There's babies, there's kids, there's a mat, they're reading scriptures, they're singing, Ashok is talking about the Lord, and I'm ticked off. I'm like, I, this is not where I want to be. I would never bring anybody here to try to serve. Well, after this, we took another group photo. Uh, Stuart, you can show the photo. So here's our group, and, and I'm in the back. I'm all smiles at this point. And we left Cavre. We're making our way back to Kathmandu, and my attitude is getting worse. Toxic, boiling spirit, mad at Ashok, mad at the world, mad at you. I'm just mad. We had lunch. We get back to our, the home we're staying in, and I, we, we laid down that evening. And it's been a long time, relatively long time, since I've ever sensed the Lord through the Spirit 
speak to me like he did that night. It's been a long time. And I, the Spirit had a conversation with me. If I was in Oklahoma, I would say he took me out behind the woodshed. If I were in Oklahoma, some of you understand that. And I just kind of want to summarize the things that the Spirit said to me about my inconvenience. This isn't, I didn't write a journal, but this is what I remember the Spirit saying to me. The Spirit says something like this. So, so you say you want to be about it, but if it puts you out, you're out? So what? If you have to sleep on the floor for a few days, if you got to go a few days without a shower, so what? If you eat something that doesn't fit your palate, so what? The Spirit went on and says something like this. He says, you want to talk about it or do you want to be about it? You want to talk about doing the Father's work or do you want to be about doing the Father's work? Spirit I sense the Spirit saying, you're going to allow something like this inconvenience to to potentially cause others to miss out on hearing about the love and the redemptive purposes of God in Christ? Is, Greg, is that where you are? Is that what you're about? You're going to let an inconvenience of distance and, and time and food and sleep and possibly clean water, and not brushing your teeth for a few days, wearing the same clothes, outer and inner, you're going to let let those types of inconveniences potentially derail, sidetrack those people in this village who have never heard the name of Jesus in the context of the Scripture. The Spirit's like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Is that what you are really about, an inconvenience like this? You're going to let that derail the possibility of someone in this village who's never heard the name of Jesus in the context of the Scriptures, hearing about His love, His purpose, and His redemptive work on Calvary's cross. Seriously, are you going to be about it? Are you going to talk about it? And I made a commitment. My commitment was this. If the Lord wills, I'm going. If the Lord wills, I'll be there. If the Lord wills, I'm in. Reminds me of a story that we see in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 49. Jesus is heading into Jericho, and as he is, there's a blind man, blind Bartimaeus, on the side of the road. And I want you to notice what the Scripture says. The Scripture says this. When Jesus heard him speaking of the blind man, he stopped and said, I don't have time for this. Is that what it says? He stopped and he said, tell him to come here. Jesus may have been the most disruptive, being more disruptive than any person in human history. But he never saw a person who needed the love of God as an inconvenience 
to the Father's will in that person's life. Inconvenience. What if we saw inconvenience as the invitation to step into the Father's will? What, what, what if we, when the inconvenience happens, and they happen every day, do they not? And it could be a thing, it could be a person, it could be something in your life, and that when, when we stop at the inconvenience of sharing our faith, of loving, of serving, of helping, when we stop short because it's inconvenient, could it be that we're actually derailing the miracle of God in a person's life? Think about that. Could it be when you say, no thanks, I, that's too much. I'd love to stop, but I don't have this, but. You're bugging me, but could it be that that type of attitude derails, stops the miracle of God in a person's life? Instead of being the people who feel put out, let's be the people who look out for the opportunity to be the visible expressions of Jesus Christ. Here's what I've learned, gang. If it's inconvenient, pay attention. God's probably working in it. If it puts you out, if it derails your day, if that coworker just won't let it go, if the car breaks down, if the kid gets sick, if the dog needs to go to the vet, pay attention. God may be at work. God may be doing something you don't ever see. So we look at the story, and I'm so thankful that Joseph and Mary didn't allow the inconvenience of the moment to derail the prophetic promise that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. Amen? Think about it. I'm closing. What if Joseph and or Mary would have said, it's too much. I can't travel. It's a long ways. That donkey's old. It's raining. It's dangerous. We can't do it. They were obedient to the prophetic word of God. And here we are celebrating the birth of our Savior. Amen? Amen. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for this time to be together. And Lord, I, I, my heart is that as we walk through life and we experience inconveniences, Maybe it's something that happens. Maybe it's someone who comes across our path. As we experience inconveniences, it could be that those are divine invitations into your purpose. Lord, as, as Joseph and Mary, as they, they got ready for this journey, and that journey was an inconvenient journey. But, Lord, they were obedient to the Word. Yes, there is a decree, but there is also a destiny that we see in the Scripture, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. So, Lord, may we take their example. May, may we look at Jesus, who when He sees the blind man, He stops. He stops. He didn't see it as a disruption. He didn't see it as an inconvenience. He saw it as an invitation to see the Father at work in the man's life. So, Lord, as your people, raise us up to be men and women who are not put out when it gets difficult, 
but we actually look out for the opportunity to be the visible expression of Jesus in the lives of others. Father, receive the glory in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray this. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.